I feel the need. The need for a podcast exploring the films and career of Tom Cruise. Welcome to Cruise Views. That sounded like... That, you sounded quite sad towards the end of that yeah. one. Yeah. You I think it was okay. I was thinking what the film we were discussing this week was and then how to portray that emotionally and then because I remembered the film, it came out a little sad. What are you talking about? This film is amazing. What do you mean? Carry on. Carry on. Hello and welcome to Cruise Views, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the life and movies of Clint... Oh, I'm going to sign that one again. Of, of Clint Eastwood, <laughs> were you going to say? Clint Eastwood. No. Hello and welcome to Cruise Views, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the life and movies of caretaking clone Tom Cruise. I'm Tom Ashford huh? and joining me, as always, is someone with whom I form an effective team. It's Adam Scott Glasspool. Hi. I don't get your introduction. You don't understand it. No, I thought you were going to do like a joke where like you stop halfway through and then start it up again and then stop it and then start it up again or whatever, you know? Right. Because we're talking about the 2014 film Edge of Tomorrow. Are we? Aren't we? That's the next film. Oblivion. What? Yep. What do you mean? The video did game. You f- did you forget the 2013 masterpiece that is Oblivion? Oblivion? I've not heard of that, mate. Is that that's no. a Tom Cruise film, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, Let me look it up. Yeah. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Oh. Oblivion, 2013. Yeah. Have you um, not seen this one? Is this is this the missing no, link I haven't in your seen, uh, I haven't seen this one. filmography? I haven't seen this one. Well, I thought that Rock of Ages was the last one. I haven't seen this. No. What's it? What oh. is it? Let's have a look. Uh, some kind of sci-fi movie with Tom Cruise. Morgan Freeman. I like Morgan Freeman. Yeah. He he's, does good voiceovers, doesn't he? Yeah, he's usually very memorable in things. So, yeah. I haven't seen this. Let me check my letterbox. Did I not include it on the um, on the cruise views uh list thing that I've got running over there? Weirdly, I, mean, I think you did. That's why I skipped over it. Maybe I did include it. I think you did. Yeah. Oh, let me have a look. No, obliv- okay. I've seen it three times. Hmm. It's weird that you've seen it three times and yet you don't remember having seen it. Oblivion. I've seen it. I've seen it three times. I'm just looking at my logs. One of them. One of the times I saw it was yesterday. Hmm. What's that about? But the. I'm just looking at the. Sorry, Letterbox has got a thing of like how to watch it as well. Yeah. And it says it's available on Netflix, but I don't. So I don't know how I would have watched it yesterday because I don't have a Netflix subscription. Do you not? No. Oh, hang do on. Do you do you have a, like a disc shaped? I've got it. <laughs> You've got it on DVD. I've mate. got it on DVD. Tom Cruise, Morgan Freeman, Oblivion. Earth is a memory worth fighting for. That's a bit ironic. Yeah. The groundbreaking cinematic event. <laughs> okay, stars Tom Cruise as Jack Harper. The lone security repairman stationed on a desolate, nearly ruined future Earth. 
when he rescues a beautiful stranger from a downed spacecraft. Is that Morgan Freeman, the beautiful stranger? If only, Adam, if only. Uh, her arrival triggers a non-stop chain of events that forces him to question everything he knows and leaves humanity's fate in his hands. Academy Award winner Morgan Freeman joins Cruz in this visually stunning, explosive story from the director of Tron Legacy. I've seen that. And yep. the producer of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I've seen that as well. Oblivion. Okay, so we're not so it's not Edge of Tomorrow. No, 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 no. Right. Well you did the intro as well, didn't you? So that means the details are on me. Yeah. That's which is unfortunate, right. really, considering that you Well, I've got IMDB have... up. I've got IMDB. Okay, that's fine. That's then. fine. Uh released Oh, its premiere was on my birthday, April the fourth. Oh. <laughs> is that um, memorable? Yeah, well, I remembered my birthday. Uh, yeah. April 10th, 2013, came out in the UK. From the looks of things, Good. 11th in the rest of Europe. April the 19th in the USA. So we got it like nine days before the USA. That's not doesn't happen very often, does it? It's flipped. We've hit that point where it flips. Mm, so director, as I've just said, Tron Legacy, is, is, is Joseph Kaczynski is the director, from looking it up ah. here. Which... Now, we're going to talk about Joseph Kaczynski again, right? Yeah, because he's Top Gun Mav, right? Top Gun Maverick, an incredibly yeah. memorable film. Yeah. I've only seen that film once, and I could probably talk about it at length. Yeah, um, and remember basically every plot point of that film. <laughs> what do we know? Well, that's because the plot points in that film are he flies a plane, and that's it. Um, he, he does a Star Wars. Have, have you seen Tron Legacy? I have, yes. What do you reckon? I remember the music. Mm. Tell you what, yes. that, that film's got some music. There's right, yeah, soundtrack. it does. It does have a soundtrack. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons that um, uh, Lucas, fellow, I, was, I didn't know how to introduce him. He's been on the podcast before. One of my fellow best friends in the being. world. Yeah, fellow human being. <laughs> Lucas Way. Um, one of his, one like he has a great affection for Tron Legacy. Um, Obviously, if you've listened to my other podcast, uh, you, you'll know that uh, I've talked to one of the stars of John Legacy about that film because we had Michael Sheen on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I weird he hasn't come on the film podcast, though. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Admittedly, he hasn't worked with Tom Cruise. <laughs> I don't think he's worked with Tom Cruise. That's the problem. He had worked with, uh, with Mandatory Preachers. Um, John Legacy, don't like it. Uh, boring and pointless. Um I, I would probably say the same about uh, Oblivion if I remembered anything about it. Obviously, if I don't if I don't remember it, it can't be that good. Um, but Top Gun Maverick, we both like a lot, right? Yeah, very good film. So what what's happening there? That you know, all three of those are helmed by Joseph Kaczynski. What's going on there? What's wh- why the disparity in uh, in quality? Do you think? Um. I honestly don't know, Adam. It's, it's a just, mystery. It's just not a very good film. What talk about also, Oh, yeah. Terrible film. Terrible film. <laughs> no, Obliv- Oblivion just... I I don't even think it's a really bad film. No. I think you've touched on this in the past, where it's just like something so nothing. Yeah. So inoffensively nothing down the middle that it just fades entirely. Do you know, do you know what, though? That like that annoys me more than a film yeah. that's really bad. 
you know? Yeah. Like, I'd, I'd rather watch a film that was bad and a little bit enjoyable or bad and it's funny that it's bad than just something that is so flat, you know? Yeah. Uh, we're getting into it. We don't want to get into it. We don't want to get into it yet. No. Because looking here at the IMDb page, uh, it was written by somebody, apparently. Uh, it was written, well, it's based on a graphic novel written by Joseph Krasinski. So right. that makes sense. Now we, now we know why he made it. <laughs> yeah, now we know. <laughs> but the screenplay was written by Carl Gajdusek, or Gajdusek, or however you want to say it, who has written things like The November Man. Yeah? Oh, The sure. Pierce Brosnan uh, ex-spy thriller. And he now also he, yeah. he wrote The King's Man. Yeah? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, what, that's the prequel one, isn't it? To The Kingsman. Sure. Who knows? Um, and it I've was written... seen them all. <laughs> plain movies. Yes, plain movies, absolutely. Um, and it was it was also written by Michael De Bruyne, but that's not who that actually is. Um, so the the writer Michael Arndt, spelled A R N D T, has written Little Miss Sunshine, Toy Story Three, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. And he sometimes goes by Michael De Bruyne. And, and as Michael De Bruyne, he's written the second Hunger Games movie and this, Oblivion. And then he wrote A Walk in the Woods as Rick Curb. And I think, I think what he's doing is the further away he is like removed from the material, the less his name matches his actual name. Right. So like yeah. Little Miss Sunshine is Michael Arndt, because that one's all him, okay? Oblivion yeah. is Michael De Bruyne, because he did, like, a, a hefty chunk of revisions, and then Rick Kerb wrote A Walk in the Woods, because he probably, I don't, like, I don't know, added a did scene. A pass. He, yeah, he looked at it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Um, okay, and it stars Tom Cruise. Yeah. I'm led to believe this film stars Tom Cruise, okay? Difficult to oh. remember, but yeah. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Morgan Freeman, and yep. and as the movie is coming back to me in my hazy memories, preposterously second build. Yeah, he's in, he's the in movie. two scenes. Yeah, he's in like two scenes. It's crazy that like on my DVD copy, his name is above the title. Uh, insane. He does his normal not thing. I, I not mean, either one of the actresses who appear throughout the film. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Um, I Morgan Freeman. Talk about Morgan Freeman. I assume you've got really hot takes on Morgan Freeman, uh, yeah. Tom. Yeah, he was really good in that film that's considered one of the best films ever made, Shawshank Redemption. Seven. Oh, Shawshank Redemption. Also, he was really good in one of my other favourite films of all time, Seven. Yeah, Seven's really good. I'm not that convinced by the Shawshank Redemption as being one of the greatest films of all time. Well... Why do you think wrong. it's one of the greatest films of all time? Uh, because I don't know. I just, I, I just really, really enjoy it. And I just think it's, you know, it speaks about the human condition of, of hope and despair and all sorts. Uh, it speaks to me, Adam. It speaks to me. Shawshank Redemption is another film where I know I've seen it. I know I've seen it at least three or four times. I don't remember anything yeah. that happens in it. Well, you're a maniac, but, mate. But every time I've watched it, I've, re- I've rated it 9 out of 10. D- right, there you go. 
but I've got absolutely a no idea. nine out of ten. <laughs> I know. I've got absolutely no idea what happens in it. It just it, it melts away, that movie, um, which I, I, I always liken it to Forrest Gump. Right. Do you think that's a yeah. fair comparison? In, in some ways, because I don't remember anything that happens in Forrest Gump. <laughs> I know he yeah. runs. He he goes running, um, and he. <laughs> uh, Forrest Gump is uh, like they're both very treacly, right? And they're both sort sure. of feel good movies that also try and have uh, depressing bits in it. And you know, like you said, speaks to the human condition a bit. That's probably what Forrest Gump was trying to do. It's what Shawshank Redemption is trying to do. Um, whenever, obviously, even though I don't remember either film. Uh, whenever I watch Shawshank Redemption, I give it a high score, and whenever I watch Forrest Gump, I give it a very low score. So obviously, there I just I don't vibe yeah. with Forrest Gump. Um, yeah, but Morgan Freeman, not in Forrest Gump. No, um, barely. Really in good this. in Seven. Uh, yeah, barely in this. Yeah, <laughs> really good in Seven. Is he a good actor, or does he kind of largely do the same thing and everything? I think he does largely the same thing and everything. Mm. And that's mm. fine, because a yeah, lot of actors do that. Is that a problem, I suppose, is the question, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people's favourite actors do the same thing in most films. Expand on that. Okay. We've discussed Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Generally is he, is speaking. He a, is he a lot of people's favourite No, no, I'm starting, off, I'm starting off. I'm starting off. Oh, right? I'm sorry. Okay, you're building an argument. You're building an yeah, argument. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. You've got, you got Robert Downey Jr., right? One of the biggest yeah. stars. You've got The Rock. He does the same thing, and every time, sometimes he doesn't bother to do as much, but he does the same thing every I saw single few, film. I saw a few screen caps of his films the other day. Sometimes he doesn't bother to change his costume. No, if he's uh, in the jungle, he has a slightly brown yeah. grey shirt. Yeah, weird. That's it. Weird. Um, Ryan Reynolds does the same thing in pretty much every film. Okay, these are not actors. Okay, I'm just giving some. I'm giving some case studies here, right? Fine. Uh, even to an extent, like. I know he's fallen from grace, but Johnny Depp had about two characters he did. Uh, that's probably true towards the... Uh, towards the end. He was a bit more... Yes. In his indie darling years, he was a bit oh, more No, varied. maybe not. He was just the pretty boy, wasn't he? In, in sort of like... Yeah. I mean, he's good in Edward Scissorhands, and he's bad in real yep. life. Oh. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, we've got Keanu Reeves. Okay. Basically the same. Yeah, he's either fair. really confident Keanu Reeves or he's slightly less confident Keanu Reeves. And then if you go really far back, you get teenage Keanu Reeves. Harrison Ford is probably another one as well, right? Yeah, yeah, Harrison Ford. Yeah, but not Tom Cruise. Well, no, on on that we can agree. Who else is in this movie? Uh, Andrea Riseborough, who I'm pretty sure I've never encountered before in my life. Uh, but I've definitely seen films with her in. I think. Well, I don't think you... I mean, it's not surprising that you've never encountered her in your life because, I mean, most actors you probably haven't bumped into at this point. I've probably got um, uh, a list that might surprise you of actors that I've spent time with. Number six might surprise me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to publish. You did did lead that up like it was clickbait. You've now got to tell us what your list is. <laughs> well, who's, tell who's us the your most, list. Tell the us most your list. famous. Uh, what are we talking like? People that I've just seen in the street, or are we talking like people that I've had a conversation with? You can see them in the street. 
that's enough as long as they're an actor or actress whatever um the most famous oh i don't know people are famous different reasons i guess simon pegg uh uh christopher lee i've i've danced with christopher lee who is now dearly uh departed oh i love christopher lee uh, we don't want to just list people that I've had conversations with, do we? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher was nice. Uh, anyway, look, she was in Birdman. I don't remember who she okay. plays in Birdman. I don't remember. Uh, I also feel like I've seen her in other films, but again, cannot list a single film. Oh, I know one that you've definitely seen. Uh, Mandy. Yeah, that's the yeah, one. Yeah, of course, yeah. Because, you, because it's a Nicolas Cage Nicolas Cage. <laughs> of course you've seen it. Of course yeah. you've seen it. She is... It's good. Uh, I'll take your word for it. Um, do, tell me what to rate it on Letterboxd, and I'll just rate it without having watched it, just and I don't four. have to watch so it. They, All right. Okay, I'll well, just give it a four. I, I think me and Pete, a good friend of the podcast, Pete Williams, gave it four. You'll probably give it three and a half, or right. four and a half, depending on how you swing on the... Uh... Okay, <laughs> but definitely not a silly. four. Definitely no, not you'll, you'll swing one way or the other. You'll be like, this is a masterpiece. Or you'll be like, no. I'll be like, no, I hate it. Three and a half. Yeah. Um, she's, she's fine in this movie. Uh, I don't remember who she plays. Uh, I think that she plays the leader of the, the scavenging humans. Is that right? No. That's Morgan Freeman. I'm thinking yeah, of Morgan that's Freeman. Morgan Freeman, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Andrea Riseborough plays um Tom Cruise's wife, but not that one. The other pretend one. Clone wife. Yeah, pretend, pretend don't, clone spoilers, wife. Spoilers. Spoilers. Oh, no. I've not seen it. I've not seen it, Tom. <laughs> oh no, I have sorry. Sorry, I have seen so it. So you three have times. seen it three yeah, times. I've seen it three yeah. times. One of them was yesterday. Um Olga Kurilenko, who yeah. I you know, again, sort of not given a lot to do in the movie. Um, uh, she's in a James Bond movie. Quantum right? of Solace. Yep. She's in Quantum of Solace. Um, she's in something else. Black Widow. Is she? She's in Black Widow. I'll take your word for that. I've yeah. seen that as well, but I don't remember anything about it. But that one is because I was uh incredibly high. Um. <laughs> What what else has she been in? There's one other film I've seen her in, and I know the, there she's is. She's in The Water Diviner, I think. That's not it. Oh, Max Payne. That's it. Right. The film, the cool. film, the Mark, the Mark Wahlberg adaptation of the video game Max Payne. That's what I've. Uh, that's what I've seen her in. Um, but she's she was in Seven Psychopaths. She was in the Terrence Malick okay. film To the Wonder. Uh, that's the one Terrence Malick film I haven't seen. Um. She was in The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. She, oh, Tom, she was in Johnny English Strikes Again. Ah, oh, but imagine, I've the first Johnny English film. Imagine having the prestige of being a Bond girl and a Johnny English girl. Uh, that's just incredible. That's absolutely incredible. Um, it feels like a lot of Bond girls are sort of cursed, right? That tends to be the sort of yeah. peak of, of, of their career. Really? Unless, for some reason, you're in Die Another Day. And who was in Die Another Day? Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Yeah. And Rosamund Pike. Yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. Eva Green's done all right, actually. Yeah. Hasn't she? She was in... And, and then Quantum Solace is, is Olga. 
Um, and there's another oh, one. Leah Sadu. Leah Sadu. Leah Sadu's done, done all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, maybe what I'm saying is bollocks, and actually just Olga Korolenko's not done much after James Bond. Yeah. I think that's Well, probably, I mean, yeah, I was about to say, well, maybe the Pierce Brosnan era, aside from Die Another Day, but then you have, like, Famke Janssen, who's had a perfectly good career after Goldeneye. Send your honours up. Yeah, she played. She played um, uh, Jean Grey in the X Men films. Who the fuck's that? Oh, oh you are. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Jesus wept. <laughs> okay. If you just said Dark Phoenix, I'd have, no, I'd have known exactly Phoenix. what you meant. She played the she character play... Phoenix. Well, what's Dark Phoenix if it's not the Dark... character Phoenix? Well, I mean, she. Is it just hell. the character do, do Phoenix but dark? Yeah, I'd rather do that than talk right, about Vivian. Okay. Well, in in X Men Three, she which one's that? Apocalypse or oh, Last the Stand? The Last Stand. The Last right. Stand. Okay. And which oh, one's Apocalypse? It's the one that's even worse than the Last Stand, and is the third of the newer ones. So, so that's the second third movie. The second third movie. They right. both have Jean gotcha. Grey in it. Jesus Christ! Okay. But it's the fourth of the second lot of movies that has. Dark Phoenix. The fourth of the second lot of movies. And that's the one that killed it, right? Yeah. No one went to see Dark Phoenix. No, nobody saw it. It's very bad. But you still haven't explained what Dark Phoenix is to me. Oh, I think basically, right, X-Men Last Stand, Jean Grey comes back having been presumed dead, and then she's just like mental, but she doesn't have some sort of weird alien phoenix power or whatever that is. Yeah. Whereas in Dark Phoenix, Jean Grey does get some weird alien mad power or something. Not that I right. remember anything about it, but it's more comic book focused or whatever. And what is Octodoctopus? <laughs> Octodoctopus. <laughs> it's a, a, a physician who uh, can perform on eight patients at once. Oh, okay, cool. It's a good friend. M- Melissa Leo is also in Oblivion. Uh, she plays a tetrahedron. Um, who yeah. masquerades herself as some kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, flight control officer thing, person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Melissa Leo, always good value. Uh, we like Melissa Leo. She was in... Come on, Tom, let's see how many of uh, these you've seen. Are you ready? The Equalizer yep. 2. Nope. Okay. Um, uh, Snowden. Ah, uh, no. Despite it being a, a cage appearance. Is it? Snowden's got cage in it. Is it? Yeah. Well, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt one? Yeah. What are you talking about? Why isn't he on the cast list? He oh, is. there he is. Hank yeah. Forrester. Okay. Weird. Oh, God, you just know that, you fucking weirdo. I just know it. Adam, I be- we both know I made a spreadsheet of every Nicolas Cage movie and the possibility <laughs> if we were actually ever going to cover it. Is and he- I slowly had the life sucked out of me as I realised how many films. It's like 102 Imagine films. You got bored just doing the spreadsheet. Imagine what yeah. the fucking podcast would be like. Um, that, was, that was a happy like blip towards that stage of his career. I was like, oh, Snowden. <laughs> this one might be alright oh back into the straight uh, to TV stuff The Big Short you must have yep. seen that yeah you've seen Obviously. that I um, enjoy that one yeah good film The Angriest Man in Brooklyn nope no she appears to have been in all of the Fallen movies Olympus Has Fallen Angel Has wow. Fallen London Has Fallen 
You know I've seen all three of them. Have you actually? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that you've seen all three of those. I think two of them had unlimited screenings. So I, uh, it's Cineworld. Do you so go I... to every single one of those? Or No, no, no. Oh, no, no. no. But sometimes there were secret... I think the second one might have been a secret unlimited screening, so I didn't know what it was until it started, and it was like, you know, London has fallen, and I was like, cool. Mm. Good. I just... I cannot muster... Are they decent? Are they streaming anywhere? Should I watch them? I mean, I mean, if you like that sort of uh, Liam Neeson style, this thing has happened, and now I have to solve the crime by shooting as many people as possible kind of I do enjoy films. That. I do enjoy those then, kind of films, then yeah. You might like switching your brain off and just letting it happen. Yeah, all right, fair enough. You um, uh, Game of Thrones, that man's in it. Oh, yeah, that, that one. Yeah. N- Nick, Nick of Large. It's an admirable attempt. Yeah, I don't have it written down. This is memory from two <laughs> weeks ago. Honest, you got the most difficult bit of it. Like done, Nicolaj Costa Waldau. That's his name. Oh, cool. Uh, what? I, he's in it for. I does he even have any dialogue? I don't remember him ha- saying a single thing. Uh, he does. I think he has a couple of sarky lines. It's like, oh, we should just oh, kill him. He's like a sarky, sarky kind of guy, isn't he? Um, yeah. So I guess one of my main questions is. What is is Tom Cruise doing in in this movie? Um, desperately taking anything he can in the hope of random box office success and a paycheck. You think it's the? <laughs> I don't think it's the paycheck. I think Tom no. Cruise has got enough money. Yeah, um, sure. You think he's just throwing shit at the wall at this point? To some extent, yeah. I think he's, again, we, we talked about how he's trying to recapture certain elements of his past career, whether that was like the charisma or going yeah. full in with the action with like Mission Impossible or with Jack Reacher kind of going for that. Like, we've got to get a new brand IP in case I lose Mission Impossible. And I kind of feel like this is him going, maybe I can replicate that kind of sci-fi, like um, minority report stuff but obviously yeah, maybe. It, hasn't, it hasn't it hasn't got the same source material it doesn't have spielberg as a director david spielberg yeah we love david spielberg like, I, mean, I honestly i mean i am literally just spitballing here because i have no idea why he is in this film it's really weird right um he's you know apart from morgan freeman far and away the most famous cast member the biggest name yeah. you know in in the film and it's not that that's like you know uh he hasn't done that before, but like he's usually paired with someone like Cameron Diaz, or yeah. you know, in Valkyrie, there's an incredibly strong supporting cast. Um, yeah. In Lions for Lambs, it's like fucking Meryl Streep and and uh, Robert Redford, and there's just sort of I don't I don't know. Originally, it was Jessica Chastain that was cast in Olga Kurilenko's role, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then she got offered her role in in Zero Dark Thirty. Which is Good something move. that she, yeah, she felt she absolutely like <laughs> yeah. had to do that movie. So Tom Cruise himself made sure that she could be released from contract to do the movie, uh, which is something that Chastain has, has has publicly thanked the Cruise for, which is nice. Um, it just, yeah, it just feels like Tom Cruise is like a bit out of place, you know. Yeah. I can I can see. You know, dragging Morgan Freeman out of bed for a couple of scenes and some expository dialogue here and there. I don't yeah. understand what Tom Cruise is doing here. No, this is another straight to Amazon Chris Pratt movie. 
Yes, this the is the tomorrow. The war. tomorrow war. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like which is perfect, which... <laughs> inoffensive, nothing movie where Chris Pratt gets a paycheck. Yeah, and doesn't recapture the the brilliance of his blockbuster status that he's achieved on a couple of occasions. Which is what, um, which is what Edge of Tomorrow should have been. Yeah, but but because Tom Cruise feels more invested in that movie. Edge of Tomorrow ends up being really quite good. Um, but here, he's just... I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. The whole thing, and this is going to sound really like snobby or whatever, but it does all feel a little bit beneath Tom Cruise, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I think... Yeah. Cause I agree with you, because it's not like... Obviously, it's not really beneath Tom Cruise, but in, in the sense that he's got such a pedigree behind him in terms of the catalogue of films that he's made. Yeah. That he should be able to kind of go, well, I just don't want to do a film of this level. Although I suppose does he at this point, 2013, you know, uh, at this point, the the domestic box office, you know, he's always been popular overseas, but the overseas numbers really start to take over. Um, Domestic box office numbers, he hadn't had a film gross more than a hundred million uh, domestically since War of the Worlds, which is wow. eight years ago, in, yeah. in, in twenty thirteen. Um, I mean, looking at all the films he's done since, like in the nine years since, I mean, this really is the big push for. I'm still an action star, and I'm no. predominantly an action star. No. What else has he done? Wait, in 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 the nine years. Previous to this movie, or... no, to now. I mean, to now. So, like, like I mean, I guess the Mission being... Impossible movies. I suppose, Tom. Yeah, he's I suppose Mission Impossible. Point at the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're saying the the previous nine years from now are him mainly doing action films. Yeah. So at this point, he's basically Got, just, yeah. he's dug down and gone right. Yes. I am still an action hero. I'm doing action movies. Yeah. I, and and maybe he thinks that his sheer star power will drive the film to be, you know, better than it ends up being. There's one that isn't an action movie, and that's American Made. Uh, And that's it, And it's one of the better non-Mission Impossible movies. It is, yeah, it is. Uh, Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I just, look, let's talk about the film. I mean, the yeah. plot is... You're going to have to really help me out here, Tom. Well, you say that, Adam, but I watched it two weeks ago because I was away until now. <laughs> so I don't really remember what happens in the film. Um, well, I mean, actually, do you have to help I've me out? Because a, a lot of it is just explained to the screen. Um, yeah. Like, it opens with, like, <laughs> so much explanation. It's like a voiceover... Uh, of Tom Cruise just explaining what happened. And it's like, it's so casual that it made me laugh because it felt yeah. like... Um, it felt like the opening sort of cutscene in a video game. It, it felt like Destiny, right. where they don't have enough money to do a fully animated cutscene. So they have like stills of the environment and someone's right. doing a voiceover, which is exactly how yeah. this film starts. And it's all stuff about like... Uh, the year is 2077 and 60 years ago scavenger aliens decimated the moon and invaded earth and humans won didn't, the though, war well, they didn't well sure, we, we don't know that that was five years know. ago didn't happen 
No, I know. <laughs> okay, no, we know that. But in the right. film, they didn't know that. In the film, 2017 well, the- is the future. Ooh. Yeah, well, they're idiots. Yeah, no, they are idiots. They are this, idiots. This is like the Ridley Scott with Blade Runner being all like, oh, it's set in 2019. And it's like... Yeah, but have you been to LA? It is like yeah, that. I have. It I've, been is, to the, I've been to the building. I've been to that, you know, the, yeah. the Bradbury building or whatever it is. And it's all, it's, you know. It's exactly like that. Horrible. Horrible yeah. place. Uh, <laughs> Tom Cruise plays Jack Harper on, on, on a post-apocalyptic Earth, doesn't he? And his job. Yeah. Um, I saw someone describe this movie as Tom E. Uh, because right. he's like Good. a lone person who goes around and tidies up Earth and has a little plant in a pot. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this film is not as good as Wally. No, Let's it's get that not. out. It's out not the open. So he has to. What does he do? He repairs the drones. Um, and the drones. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm, 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 I'm going to be drone? honest, Adam. I don't think this really adds up. Hang on, hang on. Hang he on. repairs the drones that go around guarding or repairing or operating these giant hydro plants. The machines that turn the seawater into hydrofusion. Is that right? Yeah, sure. Now, and because that that is supposed to power something. What is that? What's that for? What does that it do? It powers the, the Tet, basically. Yep, and the Tet does what? Well, at this point in the film, it's a, I don't know, it's like springing, like a, a launch pad or something for people to fly off to Titan. Humans but, to fly off but, to Titan where they live now. But all of the humans have have, have departed gone. Earth. Yeah. So Except why for is the caretakers. Thing? Okay. So is it just that in two weeks' time, that's it? They're going to be the last humans. Is that it? Some of the last humans, yeah. Okay. So that's that's think... the that's the lie. There's a twist halfway through, and we won't spoil it yeah. just yet. But that's okay. That that's what we're sort of saying. I guess the okay. idea is that if they keep repairing the drones, that there's maybe the suggestion that humanity could return to Earth one day or something. But right, so it is Wally. I, right, it essentially, is Wally. Yeah. yeah but at, gotcha. at the same time, I'm not really sure that Earth is really in a position to be like returnable at this point. And if you spend all like humanity's resources getting to Titan and living yeah. on Titan, might just stay on Titan. To be honest. Yeah, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. But but anyway, we know that that isn't. What's really no. happening? But anyway, we won't, we won't no. spoil it. But th- there are alien scavengers still on the planet as well, right? Yeah. Who are trying to do something. They're trying. Yeah, again, <laughs> they attacked the moon. Which, yeah, they destroyed which the moon. Which, is, which destroyed our entire geology. Which it would. It would. It would. The, the, the tides would be absolutely insane because the moon controls the tides. Uh, it does control the tides to an extent. In in my sci-fi research that I have done for my books on all that with gravity, gravity and stuff like that, it has it does it does impact the tide. But essentially, if, you if there was no moon, the, yeah. the, the the water would not move. It's all to do with gravitational pull. Just yeah, to a large extent. But well, okay, I guess what I'm saying is that in the film, they're like, oh, the moon went, or the moon got cracked, or whatever. Yeah. So therefore, there'd be a massive gravitational anomaly, which there wouldn't be because the moon's still there. You it wouldn't have tides. You wouldn't have tides, which would then change weather formations, well, which if, would then result in earthquakes and uh, tsunamis and stuff like. That. 
Would it? Would yes. it though? Yes. Okay, but the moon's still there though, so it's, the moon still has largely the same gravitational effect on the Earth. That's a good point. Yeah. The, the mass of the moon has not changed. The mass of the moon has <laughs> has decreased only slightly. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I, I mean, maybe the tides matter. wouldn't be quite as good. Yeah. It, it doesn't it, matter. Anyway, Look. they turned up. They fucked up the moon. Yeah. All of our water disappeared, <laughs> but at the same time, they're harvesting it. Yeah. They literally say it. They say all the to- all the seas went away. But we're still harvesting it. Okay. Um, and all the, somehow all the land went up. Not, and mm. not just in a bit, you know, like, oh, you know, tectonic plates, etc. But New York is now smothered in dirt, except for the oh, Empire yeah. State Building, which isn't the tallest building in New York. <laughs> it's just peeking out the top. Look, yeah, it's a post-apocalyptic world and something has happened. And he has to repair the drones that are doing yeah. something and he has something. to repair them because they're constantly targeted by these alien scavengers who also are doing something yeah. uh, and that's the best we and, can do and we won the war we won the war against we the won scavengers the war. Yes. but at what cost at what cost i mean he has to have he had a mandatory memory wipe 5 years ago i don't yeah. don't know why it's never explained no. why that. Why it's they really that useful when you're doing a, a central job to not have any <laughs> memories of anything that might help you, and just be told. But you are with your wife. This is your wife. Don't worry. You don't yeah. need memories of your wife. Bizarre. Um, yeah. The 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 fucking the shoe leather they have to go through to to like of how they got the photo of them together is absolutely insane. Anyway, because um, no but, form of Photoshop could be. Possessed by a giant, well, yeah, exactly, floating but, space. Not but how, how did brain. they get hold yeah. of the photo? Uh, you know, look, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, Jack, who's played by Tom Cruise, experiences occasional memory flashes of a pre-war life with an unknown woman. Oh, oh, look, the movie looks. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, like the o- the opening like scenes of like him of crews going around to fix the drones and stuff, and you get all like the kind of you know set yeah. pieces and design and all that. That wow. sets up the film as being way better than it's going to be. All all shot in on location on in Iceland. Uh, yeah. Looks absolutely incredible. Um, I saw. Um, excuse me. I saw a tweet from one of our listeners that said uh, they've just watched Oblivion and in the first 10 minutes they realised it must be Tom Cruise's favourite Tom Cruise movie. And that's because he gets to be like a lone wandering hero who has a spaceship and a motorbike. Yeah. So he gets to do his motorbiking around the dunes of Iceland. Um, and it looks cool. And we should point out, the movie sounds great as well. Um, the soundtrack is by M83. Uh, and uh, to to steal a popular meme at the moment, if I had a nickel for every time Joseph Kaczynski made a sci-fi film and chose to score it using a French electronic band, I would have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. Right. <laughs> because cool. <laughs> obviously he yeah. had Daft Punk for Tron, and he's got M83 here, and they do a good job. They do like the broad, sweeping, synthy sci-fi thing just when they make songs so it makes sense that they uh soundtrack this 
looks great. Looks like everything was designed by Apple. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's very aesthetic, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I can imagine Tom Cruise seeing the uh, concept art for this film beforehand and being like, well, this looks great. This looks wow. like it's going to be really good. And then they just use that concept art as the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His audio commentary would be another one where he's going, wow, look at that. <laughs> just for, yeah. for the whole movie. Um, but also I think that a lot of the technology and everything and the way they use glass and all of that, it l- looks quite cold and clinical. And I think that that rubs off on the film. The film also feels very cold and clinical. Like their house that's all white and shiny. I was like, yeah. I would like to live in a, a tower above the clouds, but I might throw a couple of rugs down, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was all very shiny and very clean. I, d- I don't know. Just Apple put some store. cushions. Yeah. yeah. Put some cushions on the sofa. Just put some cushions. Yeah. You know, liven it up a little bit. Have one wall. Have like an accent wall where it's like wallpaper instead of just glass. I'm not an interior designer, but I think it would make it look more homely. Yeah. Mm. Um, Yeah. There's a scavenger trap that he gets sucked into. Yeah. While he's looking for... Which confused me a little bit because I was pretty sure he looked down into the hole and saw the drone. Yeah. And then went, better go down there. And as soon as he's down there, no bloody drone is there. Well, it was bait. Yeah. He was baited by the scavengers. Uh but he, he does uh he does repair the drone or something, doesn't he? What does he do? Oh, the other drone that he's repaired Just... comes down and, and kills everything. Like another oh, thing about this doesn't matter. Right, the scavengers. Yeah. Right. Humanoid. Spoiler yeah. for later. Humans. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Yeah, they're humans. Um but they do seem to have weird robot dogs. That may or may not be aliens, and that's never. Do they? That's never. Well, they have things that run around on all fours and are all like. Do they? Oh, I yeah. missed that. <laughs> Gen- genuinely, I, I, like, I genuinely don't remember yeah. that at all. I'm sure they do at the beginning, and it's like the threat, you know. Yeah. And then, and then, they, we never see them again. And I was like, did they just pack their dogs full of like electronics? Or yes, maybe, possibly. But then there's that real dog at the beginning, isn't there? Yeah. But when that real dog turns up, there's two uh, there's two things looking at Jack from inside. Yeah, the, right. you know the re- the ruins of the the stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, Adam. No, not sure. He he does work out that um, uh, the scavengers are radioing co- coordinates from the Empire State Building's antenna, uh, and the transmissions are going to outer space, which is very mysterious. But he, you know, instead of investigating that immediately, he finds time to visit a secret area that he's built uh, yeah. that can like sustain plant life, and it has a small pond. And he puts on some uh, some vinyl and stuff, doesn't he? A it man, does. of, a man of culture. Um, yeah, and then what happens then? I don't know. I mean, at some point he goes, <laughs> "Not my goddamn bike." Because his bike gets oh, stolen, that's our, doesn't that's it? before that. Yeah, they they yeah. steal his bike, but that's that's not important either. Look, he starts investigating no. who the who the scavengers are, I guess, and then he yeah. meets them and he finds out that they are human. Oh, yes. oh, what a actually, twist! Didn't see actually, that coming. They are the they're the last humans on Earth, and actually, yeah. the, there's this whole like radiation zone that he's been told he's not allowed to go into. Um, 
and they say like oh well, actually we've been in those and the radiation's actually okay you should uh, you should go and check it out that's the mission they give him isn't it they say like oh well you know if ever yeah. you're near a radiation area go check Wondering. it out or whatever yeah uh, to be honest if i've just been kidnapped by a load of people I'm not wandering into a radiation zone on their <laughs> advice. On their advice, no. no yeah. probably, just probably. wander into it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wait, have we then, skipped past... Wait, he's I, found Olga at this point, hasn't he? No, 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 not yet. Not yet. Uh, he, he, then, he then goes back home, and then he goes out again. It's a, fucking, it's a video game, Tom. He's got, like, the home base, right, where he picks up his missions... And then he flies right. out to do a fetch quest for somebody. Then he goes back. Yeah. Then he goes out to do another fetch quest. Then he goes back. Then he goes out to visit his cabin. Then he goes back. Then he goes out to discover the scavengers. Then he, they, they give him his next quest. But he does one of these optional side missions that he picked up back at home base, which is that there's another problem. There's some kind of signal coming from somewhere, which he goes to investigate. And then, yes, he finds a pod. And inside the pod is the woman that he can see in his dreams. God. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> so many twists in this film. And then and then uh, they have a chat and she's like, I'm your wife. And he does the gift that I send everybody. Yeah. You know, where he goes, what? You know, that one. Yeah, I send that, yeah. I send that gift all the time. Um <laughs> She's an astronaut or something, isn't she? She an she's an astronaut. Hang on a second, though. She's yeah, an I mean, astronaut. We've got some, yeah. <laughs> I've got some questions now. There I'm are just, some questions to be had. Bring it together. She's an astronaut. Didn't yeah. their mission leave in like... When did their mission leave, the Odyssey? Probably 60 years ago. Because it was rough, it, cause the Odyssey finds the Tet. Presumably, because they're on the way to Titan, or, or I don't even fucking know at this point why they're off on a mission, but they're off on a mission, and then the tech winds up going, hello, mate, and then that's a bit of a problem. Is this destiny? Yeah. Didn't we discover the Traveller when we were going up to space or whatever, and then it comes back and it hovers over Earth? Yep. All right, well, there you go. I don't know what to say, though. Uh, I, think, I think Destiny may have stolen their plot from Oblivion. No, wait, when did Destiny come out? Oh, no, mm, devastating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, come on, I've been playing it longer than that, haven't I? Let's have a look. It's not nine years old. Destiny game series. No, it's probably not, is it, actually? Uh, it's definitely not. I bet it was 2014, maybe. 2014, 2014. it was, 2014. Yeah. Wow, okay, they, they nicked the plot from this. Um, what else? What else then happens? So... Look, he's he's like, bloody hell, that's my wife, uh, and so someone and then takes it back to the, to the, oh god, he t- he takes it back to the house, takes the wife back to the house, yeah. right? Takes the oh, hang on, I'm doing this in the wrong order. Wait, do we, no, are, there, are we? When does his? When does the the Andrea Riseborough? When does she die? Right. Okay. So. He he finds the pod, again, takes again, it back Tom, to the house. I watched this yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> he finds the pod, takes it back to the fl- the house in the clouds. They have a weird, awkward dinner. Because um, mm-hmm. at this point, he's like, doesn't know that she's his wife. He just knows that Vision girl. Uh, uh, then yeah, they go yeah. and see Morgan Freeman. Oh, they and both then, go, do they? Yeah, they both go, and then they come back, and then okay. I think it's at that point that that. that the clone wife dies. 
But yes, because my my question, Adam, because is she's why? livid that he's brought another woman back to the house, basically. Yeah. Right. They're Except, no hang on, hang on. Effective team. But but in between those two things, has he gone into the radiation zone yet? No. No. They, that doesn't okay. happen until they crash. Yes. Right. Okay. So yeah. they're no longer an effective team. So one of the drones kills the his 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 fake wife. Um, yeah. So she grasped herself up. Basically, yeah, she was like, absolutely. "I'm having a real problem," and they killed her, which is yeah. <laughs> devastating for her, I'm sure. But it's it's fine. We you know, there's more of her. It's all good. Um, which so- this film is at great pains to point out that these are all individual people that you can individually fall in love with, but also you can replace them with anyone, and it's absolutely fine. Yeah, I mean that's the. That's the, the ending, ending really pisses me off. It really pisses me off. It doesn't make any sense. But do you know what else doesn't make sense, Adam? Do you know what else doesn't make sense? What? The scavengers have been humans all this time. Yes, they have. That's true. They they have been on Earth all this time. Morgan Freeman yep. has literally been part of this resistance the entire time. So how old is he then? So because, well, it, hang on. It's, six, it's 60 years since the thing started. So he would have probably been like, you know. 10 or something? 10 or older. Sure. Okay. Right. Um, and this is the first time they've tried bringing down the ship that's been roughly in orbit around Earth or near enough. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. I, look. They could have done this 50 years ago, even if I it took years to get back from where they encountered the Tet in the first place. Because let's say they were, they were almost at Titan or wherever they were going at the beginning, right? Let's say they were on a two-year journey. Yeah. It would have only taken two years to get back when they got jettisoned by Cruz and Clone Wife. The thing is, right, is like, you know, I don't like to be a podcast that goes, like, oh, plot holes and whatever. And the plot holes yeah. don't actually bother me that much. No. The thing that bothers me is that it's so fucking boring. Yeah. Like, it's just so dull. And I think what it is, is like, there is like this this rule in filmmaking and in songwriting and in a lot of things, actually, which is show, don't tell, right? Yeah. There's a degree of show and tell in all movies, but people should lean towards show, don't tell. Yeah. The, the things that this movie shows, they look very cool. And the things that it tells you sound interesting, right? Like the whole thing about like sure. the moon being destroyed and the weather destroying the planet and there's a space station that orbits and harvests the sea and I maintain the drones. That sounds interesting. But the things that it shows and the things that it tells you, they never meet each other, ever. No. You, you see something aesthetic and then you hear something expository and it just goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The one time it does show, don't tell, is in like the next scene where they crash into a radiation zone and he, someone else comes out to repair something. And then Tom Cruise, our, our Tom Cruise, looks at that person and it's another Tom Cruise. Yeah. But it's so predictable by that point that the show, don't tell is like basically useless. Because I feel like the movie's been telling you that that's what's going to happen the whole time. Yeah. Um, I mean, immediately the fact that that ship has been floating around the Earth for like 60 years and Olga is no older, but Tom well, Cruise is also... Well, she was in a stasis pod. She was yeah, in yeah, a stasis no, that's, that's pod. Fine. Now, that's come fine. on. Yeah. But that, but that Tom Cruise with his memory wiped is not any older than he was when he was married to her 60 years earlier. 
immediately starts making you think there may be some issue with stuff lining up here. Yes, exactly. So by the time that you find out that he's clearly a clone, yeah, it, yeah, it's not really a, a massive surprise, really, at that point, is it? No, 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 exactly. Uh, and so then they just decide that they've got to destroy the Tet. Yeah. Right. They're going to nuke it using the stolen stuff from harvesters and. I defy you to tell me Morgan Freeman's character's name. I dare you. It's it's Morgan Freeman. (laughs) It's Malcolm Beach. Okay? There you go. Sure. Malcolm says, and again, he says he does not show. He tells us that the Tet is an alien ship with an artificial intelligence, and to extract Earth's natural resources, the Tet decimated the moon, causing planet-wide catastrophic earthquakes and tsunamis, then invaded with an army of Jack clones, which it must have done when it captured their their initial mission into space, right? Yeah. So they go and try and destroy the Tet um, by tricking the Tet into thinking that they are bringing it Olga, the survivor, but they're not. It's actually like, it's Morgan Freeman, right? With like a fucking bomb strapped to him or whatever. What a twist. What a twist. Unbelievable. Um, Excellent use of their one allowed F-bomb in a PG-13. Uh, when he says "fuck you, Sally" at the end, yeah, uh, that's great. It's, it's, it's a good. good line. Half a star for that. Um, <laughs> uh, they blow up the thing. Um, uh, you know, there you go. <laughs> they blow up the thing. <laughs> yeah, they blow up the thing. They blow it up. Morgan Freeman and Tom Cruise die. Yep. Uh, and then we cut to like three years later, and Julia, yeah. which is Olga's character, I'm just going to call her Olga. Yeah. Why? It's the last scene. Why give her her character name now? Yeah. Olga. O- Olga and, and yeah. Siri. Yeah, and the daughter are living at the cabin. Yeah. Um, and then a bunch of survivors turn up, and one of them is uh, Tech, Tom Cruise 52. Yeah, Tech 52 rather than Tech 49. Tech 49 is the one we've been following. Tech 52 is the one that he Wait, you met mean, and you tied Jack up. You mean Jack 49 and Jack... <laughs> no, it's Tech. It is Tech. Is it? Tech's yeah, the... it's Technician. Technician oh, 49, Technician God, 52. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was thinking of Tet. You're thinking of Tet. There's Tech, Tet, yeah. Jack. It's all, yeah, it's all the same thing. Jeff, Doesn't matter. Cool. Um, uh, with them, yeah, so he's got the clone there. That clone... Look... Th- Nowhere, right, I'm reading this from a plot summary, okay? Okay, where is this in the movie? This clone has also recovered the original Jack's memories. What? It's not not in the movie. That's not in the movie. It might have been slightly in, I know, it might have been in the voiceover. They literally had to tell us in Tom Cruise's (laughs) voiceover over the scene of us watching Tom Cruise. Oh, did they? Okay, I don't remember Yeah, I think so. Fine, whatever. No, it's not good. Uh, Bad movie. But also, just because, just, just because... Tech 52 has Tom Cruise's memories, Mm. or Tech 49's memories, that still wouldn't make him that that version. Wouldn't it? It'd still be a 
wouldn't it? If you cloned someone at one point, right? Yeah. And then wiped their memory, okay? Then they have new experiences, different experiences. They're now a different kind of person, even though they are cloned from an original, okay? If you yeah. made a clone and then gave it all of the previous memories to the point where it was exactly the same, it's the same person. Yeah, but the, well, mm, to some now, extent, he, this this discussion you can't, you can't guarantee you can't guarantee that that person is going to have the exact same emotional feelings towards Olga, though. You can if you like. I think you could if you implant it with the memories of all the time that they spent together pre-war and all of that. But the, the thing is, right? Is I think actually largely that is what the film wants to be about. Okay, mm. um, it is kind of trapped between a sweeping. What does it all mean? What is it to be human? How do you survive in a post-human world? Is a clone a real person when it's implanted with memories? All of that kind of classic sci-fi pondering. It's trying to do that and be an action thriller at the same time. And subsequently, it drops the ball on both of those aspects. Yeah. Like, I was reading some interviews and people were like, oh, yeah, we were watching Solaris to prepare ourselves for making this film. Were you? You were watching the 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 seventies Tarkovsky space film to make this stupid, fucking boring, slightly action thriller movie. Were you definitely? Are you sure they weren't watching the US remake? The US remake, directed by uh, Steven Soderbergh, starring George Clooney, is good. Okay, I've not seen either. Well, then what are you talking about? It's I'm good. Not, I'm just it's, okay. This film. Is very pretty, but it's absolutely vacant, and yeah, that's why I'm giving it Tom Ashford out of five. Oh, I'll take the compliment. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we all get to be one or the other, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I look like this. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm giving it a 1.5 And I, I think I agree with you That it is just aggressively down the middle It's just really average But that annoys me, okay? Yeah. Pick a lane, make it really bad Make weird choices that make it bad Or make interesting choices that make it good But don't make no choices And just make various collections of concept art And think oh, Tom Cruise will be good in this if all he does is look in a certain direction. Because Tom Cruise is, like, fucking nowhere in this. I don't know what he's doing. He's not giving a performance at all. I've never seen him be like this. It, it's mad. 1.5. Fuck it. D fuck off, Tom. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, I don't feel as aggressive about the film as you clearly do. Uh, <laughs> I mean, talking about it, there are so many things that wind me up. Yeah, but I also remember so little and have so little like feeling towards the film that I have yeah. to rely on past Tom's <laughs> opinion, which was two point five. That's mad. That's yeah. No, it's that's just fine, right though. down the middle. Yeah, I, it's 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 on the weaker side of two point five than uh, Jack Reacher. I can uh, completely appreciate that score because to me that score means I feel nothing kind of yeah. doesn't it it's like i don't think it's good bit, i don't yeah. think it's bad it's just it's whatever um cruiseness right yeah i've got four out of ten written down because i genuinely think this i think this is the one way you could most make the argument replace him with literally anyone and you get the same movie because yeah. even in night and day 
he brought a little spice to it, you know. Pretty generic movie, but there's a bit of the Tom Cruise spice, you know, the charm and everything. Yeah. But yeah. he's just so an, an anonymous here. It's just he's completely monotonous. He's like completely flat, and he's always one who makes weird choices with characters and. The flattest performance I've ever seen from him, aside from this, is probably Eyes Wide Shut. And that's like flat and repressed for a reason. And, yeah, that's deliberate. And when, and in the scenes where he needs to not be that, he really brings it to Eyes Wide Shut. But then the problem is, Tom, is I rate the cruiseness of the movie, and there's two Tom Cruises. <laughs> so I've got to double it. So it's eight out of 10 for me. Right. Good. One of the highest on the cruiseness scale. Yeah. Just that, because that's of the mad. sheer... That's, yeah. that's competing with some Mission Impossible movies. I know. I, well, you know, yeah. you, you double the cruise, you cannot lose, as people say. <laughs> <laughs> Which is ironic, considering two crews and a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's what this... That, our, our game is based on this film. Two crews and... Yeah. Oh, come on. Something. Something. Yeah. Nothing in this movie that rhymes with it. Uh, two crews and he fly because he has the little spaceship. <laughs> what do we think of that? I'm giving his cruise rating uh, <laughs> five out of ten. Okay. Because, like you say, he's pretty anonymous. You could replace him with Chris Pratt. Yeah. Uh, but he does ride a motorbike and he does go, oh no, my bike. <laughs> <laughs> to really push, oh, really also, force home the fact that he likes riding his bike. <laughs> also, he makes one good noise, uh, which is when he's when he's in that trap, just before he realises his bike is stolen, he goes, oh no, my bike. Um, he He's zipping up on the zip wire and he goes, ha, before he's oh, yeah. uh, shot down, which is uh, yeah, it's fine. That is a good moment. That yeah. is a good moment. Yeah, I've never, I've never heard him make a noise like that. Um, would you, would you recommend it? Uh, probably not. Yeah, probably not. No. Uh, bollocks to it. Uh, budget, unsurprisingly, quite a big budget. One hundred and twenty million dollars was spent on this film. Uh, yeah. I would label that as a fucking gamble, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, that is um, that's like Marvel movie level budget. That's big superhero movie level budget. Uh, not these days, but well, well maybe okay, not but even twenty thirteen. Uh, maybe not. I mean, what was the what was what was the budget on whatever came out this year? Iron uh, Man three was a twenty. Do you just yeah? know that? Yes, of course, I just know it, Adam. Is that the one that came out in 2003? Let's find out. That's crazy if you've just pulled that out. of Yeah, 2013, yeah. Iron Man 3. That's, uh, that's an absolutely insane pull. What do you reckon the budget was on Iron Man 3, Tom? Uh, $160 million. $200 million. That's too much. Uh, what do you think the box office was on uh, Iron Man 3? Yeah, eight hundred and fifty million. One point two billion. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> There's fucking this, movies, then. man. There's fucking movies. Well, okay, yeah. So on a budget of one hundred and twenty, what do you think the box office was, Tom? For Oblivion, I reckon it was three hundred mil. 
You know what? That's not that's not bad. Two hundred and eighty-eight. So even slightly oh. lower than you were thinking. Um, yeah. Probably like scrapes its money back, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Reviews were pretty mixed, although some of them did did point out Cruz's great performance, which not compared to most other films he's done. Yeah, I don't see like at all. I don't. I think he's better in Cocktail than he is in this. Uh, there you go, Oblivion. Yeah. Um, I think I will probably. Uh, I will probably watch this film again. Because in about two years, I'll be like, oh, I've not seen that. <laughs> and I will say, right, I, I know for a fact, right, to drop, to drop the facade for a bit, yeah, uh, I bought this on DVD without having seen it because it was like £4 in Tesco or something, like back in sure. like 2015, okay? And I thought, look, Tom Cruise in a sci-fi movie, can't go wrong. Watched it, boring. Didn't like it, okay? Yeah. And then this film does have a fan base behind it to some degree. It's a bit of a cult sort of classic. If you go on Letterboxd, there's some high ratings for this film. Some of them are up at like four and a half, five stars, okay? Um, the second time I watched it, I know I went in with the mind of like, I want to like this. I must have not understood it, right? I'm going to go in wanting to like this. No, boring. This time, I was like, right, obviously I've misunderstood something. I'm going to go in completely open-minded. Okay, here we go. It's the least I've ever liked it, this, this watch-through. Yeah. Like, just, I think I did give it two and a half, two on the last couple, and then this one just, it broke me, Tom. Uh, this is only the second time I've ever seen it. And so you, I won't be watching it a third time. I reckon you will. I reckon you will. I have no reason to watch it. A third <laughs> I think time. You, you'll forget you've seen it. You will. I won't. I didn't forget I'd seen the first time. Though, <laughs> right, I've, I've, I've made a note that I've just found, Adam, right? I have this soundtrack as part of like a sci fi playlist for while I'm writing. Oh, yeah, I can see why. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, but I don't tend to, because I have it on shuffle and there's mm. like 54 hours of music in there. I don't necessarily know what's playing at any given time unless it's particularly iconic i've assumed that every track from this was part of the fallout 4 soundtrack (laughs) (laughs) it's really similar is it it's really similar do you do you listen to m83's music in general or uh not that i'm aware okay well there you go uh that's that's oblivion isn't it that's oblivion yeah uh yeah before we wrap up though it's obviously time for our long-running game. Only one of us is allowed to look at the IMDb trivia page for each movie this week. It's Tom. He's going to present me with three pieces of trivia. Only one of them is one that he's made up. And I'll have to discern which one that is in Two Crews and He Fly. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad. Is it? Is it bad? It is pretty bad, isn't it? <laughs> it's not, not my finest It could be work. Two Crews and He Die. <laughs> it's good. That is good. Um, what are we up to money-wise then? Um, so, last week, it turned out that I owed you hmm, £83,886,080. Yeah. Does that sound right? right? Okay. Yeah. Double or nothing this week? Yes, please. please. Okay. Yep. I've got a good feeling about this week. 
Because I've, you know, it's one of those movies that I don't think there's going to be a lot of trivia about. And I know we can't read the IMDb trivia page, yeah, but I have mm. read the Wikipedia page, and I imagine yeah. there's a lot of crossover, Tom. I've been doing a little bit of brushing up, and I reckon I know a lot of what there is to know about Oblivion, okay? Okay, okay. I mean, you just just remember that you, you don't remember anything that's happened in the film. What film? What? Number one. <laughs> Tom Cruise's 50th birthday occurred during filming. Joseph Krasinski presented him with one of the the futuristic motorbikes from the film as a present. But he's older than that in 2013 but then it wasn't filmed in 2013 i don't know when it was filmed fuck okay <laughs> that one could be the lie that one could be the lie i need to i try to remember the year he was born okay. 50 50 so he'd have to be born in night isn't he born in 1962 so it'd be, maybe it was filmed in 2012 all right okay all right i think that's the lie carry on okay number two for the scene in which jack encounters his double in the desert they hired a professional tom cruise lookalike for the stand-in Cruz wasn't made aware of this in advance and found it difficult to complete his takes without laughing. <sighs> I don't think that that's true. I think Tom Cruise would be fully aware of all... of all things that happen on the set. Okay, go on. Okay. Number three. In a 2016 interview, Andrea Riseborough was asked about her worst job ever. She replied, either shredding duck in a Chinese restaurant or oblivion. <laughs> I don't think that could be true. That can't be true. <laughs> Why would you say something so horrible about a film that's just like so nothing? It can't have been a hard job for her, can it? Maybe it was I mean, just really boring. Yeah. She's not in any other like sets. They would have recorded all those scenes in one go. Either way, though, I don't think that she's going to have that. But uh, number three is the lie. Number three is the lie. Yeah. 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 Because that wasn't on the Wikipedia page. Uh, that that's something they yeah. would have mentioned on the Wikipedia. They mentioned that Jessica Chastain like was up for a role and whatever. They talked about casting. They talked about reactions yeah. Yeah. to the film. It would have been on the Wikipedia page. Yeah. That's the lie. That's the lie. Okay. Adam, unfortunately, it's number two. That's the lie. <sighs> There wasn't a lookalike. Are you it's for real? Okay, fine. Yeah. And it oh, was okay, Tom Cruise's fiftieth so... birthday. Imagine spending your fiftieth birthday filming Oblivion. Sounds all right. To be honest, oh, I imagine probably, it was quite probably annoying. better than our fiftieth birthdays. Will yeah, be. he didn't have to do anything, did he? No. All right, so I owe you one hundred and sixty-seven million seven hundred and seventy-two thousand one hundred and sixty pounds. Nearly as you could make as, uh, you could make an early Marvel movie out of this. I could probably make, make the first Thor film. You could you could make Oblivion and have about fifty mil yeah. left. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, that is uh, when and why we play Two Crews and He Die. <laughs> Talking of lookalikes on set, right? Do you, yeah. No, I, I don't know if I can actually say this on a podcast. I think it might genuinely be. Like slander or whatever 
the or li- like libel or whatever it is. Tell so me, I, and, well, if, you, no, and say, if you can't, bleep it out. Bleep it out, and we'll just I'll get to the you, end. I'll tell you after. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you after. I'll tell you. I'll tell you off air. Off air. All right. Off air. Yeah, cool. Um, before we do go, I'd like to read an email. Okay. Wait. What? What? I know. From this is well. This is from July. I've got, I've got a little backlog that I'm trying to cool, work my way through. Uh, it's from Daisy Jevons. Hello, Adam and Tom. That's you and me. Or she's talking to Tom Cruise. Uh, Daisy here, and I'm emailing to Good say day. how much I've been enjoying the podcast. Oh. Excuse me. <clears throat> As someone whose letterbox diary pretty much entirely consists of films of various quality that the Culkin brothers have been in, I'm not at all familiar with Tom Cruise's work. Excuse me. <clears throat> Gotta stop drinking fizzy drinks, mate. In fact, I've only seen two films that he's been in. Minority Report, which I fell asleep during and genuinely cannot remember the plot of, and Interview with a Vampire, which was very good, but also very, very long. It was, however, what I feel all vampire movies should be. Gay. (laughs) I could write an essay on how the vampire genre in general is a good allegory for homosexuality, but I won't bore you. I decided to give this podcast a go because I'm a fan of Adam's other podcast. Oh! what is music and despite not really having an interest in Tom Cruise I really enjoyed the rapport between the two of you and thought you were both very very funny together Mm. but we're not are we that's the thing Uh, I immediately felt a connection to Tom as another film fan who has not seen all of the big and important films that you're probably supposed to see (laughs) why do I need to see The Godfather when I already know it will never be as good as M. Night Shyamalan signs Uh, this podcast has allowed me to talk about Tom Cruise does he actually write that because I I don't (laughs) want to be associated with that with that statement this is is you this is is one of your people Tom this is one of your people no This podcast has allowed me to talk about Tom Cruise films without ever actually having to watch them. I work at a cinema, so now I can say to the customers, I've heard that the new Top Gun film is supposed to be really good, when the only people I've heard that from are you two. (laughs) I could have also mentioned to them that one letterbox review about how it is a sad indictment of how American military propaganda has brainwashed the masses, but I feel like that wouldn't have been appreciated. Someone also asked for a refund for their tickets to Top Gun Maverick because it contained, and I quote... Too much Tom Cruise. So do with that what you will. (laughs) This is the best bit of the email though coming up. I'm also emailing to send you a screenshot from a Guardian article reporting on an interview with Bronson Pinchot talking about Cruise on risky business that is quite honestly the most bizarre thing I've read. So Bronson Pinchot was in risky business uh, with Cruise, I think. Um, And this is his quote, okay? This This is Bronson Pinchot's quote talking about tom cruise we didn't know it was going to be a big hit we thought tom cruise was the biggest bore on the face of the earth he had spent some formative time with sean penn we were all very young at the time tom was 20 i was 23 tom had picked up this knack of calling everybody by their character names because that would probably make your performance better and i don't agree with that i think that acting is acting and the rest of the time you should be you but he called us all by our character names. He was tense and made constant, constant, unrelated homophobic comments like, do you want some ice cream in case there are no gay people there? I mean, his lingo was larded with the most, there was no basis for it. It was like, it's a nice day. I'm glad there are no gay people standing here. Very, very strange. So that's the quote from from Bronson Pinchot. 
it's weird, isn't it? Uh, Daisy goes on to say, it's sort of absurdly funny, and I find it quite amusing. I'm gay myself, so I promise I'm not horribly homophobic. But I'm curious to know your thoughts. Is that a strange form of Tom Cruise method acting? Is he just a weird guy? I hope you guys are doing well, and I'm excited to hear more episodes. All the best, Daisy. Thank you for your email, Daisy. Tom, we must discuss that quote. Yeah. Because... Um, where to start? Well, charitably, you could think, look, Risky Business, he's supposed to be playing this hyper-masculine guy, and maybe he is method acting. If he's going around calling everybody by their character names and saying things like that, you would assume uh, he's, he's method acting. Yeah. If, he can't, yeah. if he can't be bothered to call somebody by their actual name, yeah. you can kind of presume that anything else he says is probably less likely to be him. Yeah, right, exactly. Like, that's the easiest thing to do. Yeah. I have, I you know, I also find it quite funny, uh, but also I am myself not straight, so I'm allowed to find it funny. Um, did, I found him? it funny, but I am straight. So is that problematic? And you're going to be cancelled. You're going to be cancelled, Tom. I'm sorry, mate. We won't be doing another episode of this now. Um, the quotes themselves are absolutely bizarre. Do you want some ice cream in case there are no gay people there? I think, that, I think that's why it's funny, is because it's such a pathetic attempt at being homophobic, because it doesn't make sense. It's a, it's a nice day. I'm glad there are no gay people standing here. Now, that second one, that reads yeah. to me to be like someone going like, well, I'm glad there are no gay people here. And, and if there was any gay people here, it certainly wouldn't be me. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad there's no gay people stood exactly where I'm stood. Thank you very much. I'm certainly not gay myself. Uh, yeah. That's how it. That's how it comes across to me as quite an insecure young gay person. But yeah. but who knows? Who knows? Um, if Tom you know Cruise would like to come on the podcast and discuss uh, <laughs> discuss the, the actually, if we get him right, quite... if if we get him right, because it's not impossible. He's been yeah. on Light the Fuse. Okay, if we get him. One, we have to invite uh, Cara on the episode, who hosts Cruising for Reviews in. It's a promise that yep, I've made, sure. and it's a promise we will keep. But if we yep, do, absolutely. shall we ask him about those quotes? I kind of feel if he's got the generosity to come on our podcast, despite never taking holidays or days off because he his holiday is working on the set. If yeah. he takes the time off to do our podcast, I feel let's maybe not grill him for 80s comments. Okay, all right, fine. Good good point. But there are there obviously have been loads of rumours about whether or not Tom yeah. Cruise is possibly gay. And we don't know. It's not really important. But I have to say, any... I think any negative um, sort of sentiment towards Tom Cruise, if he is gay, all of that negative sentiment would probably evaporate if he just came out, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think any any negative sentiment that anyone has about Tom Cruise now, for whatever reason, has anything to do with his sexuality. No, 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 I don't, I don't either. So, but I, I think that like if that there is negative connotations around Scientology and stuff. Right. And and if as a PR person I knew that my client was gay but was in the closet, I'd be like, come out, honestly, because that's gonna like people would be so happy for Tom Cruise if he like finally came out, and that that's yeah. why I think that he's probably not gay because he he yeah. he'd have told us by now. He one he would have told us two. Uh, I think it would only help his like star level. 
if that makes sense. Because he would suddenly become the the biggest gay movie star that has ever lived. Yeah, it would be fantastic. It would be absolutely amazing. It would be such like just a huge bump up in like representation in general. Suddenly you'd have a huge back catalogue of incredibly famous movies all starring a gay man. It would be absolutely incredible. Yeah. But I don't think it's the case. And even if it is the case and he doesn't want to come out, that's fine as well. And it's none of our business. Yeah. But the speculation is somewhat fun, and those quotes are absolutely demented. So yeah. <laughs> thank you for sharing them with us, Daisy. Um, and thank you, listeners, for joining us. Come and let us know what you think of the movie. Um, what was it called? Um, end Times? Uh, end Times, Apocalypse? Yes. Uh... Yeah, Apoc- End Times Apocalypse. Apocalypse, yeah. ap- apocalypse end, apocalypse then, apocalypse now, apocalypse now. Come and let us know what you think of apocalypse now uh, on our Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Cruise Views Pod. Uh, you can email us like Daisy did, cruiseviewspodcast at gmail.com. Come and find us on Letterboxd, Adam Glasswell, Tom Ashford. But while you're doing that, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to watch Edge of Tomorrow before next week's episode. This podcast will self destruct in five seconds. Mm-hmm.